1: Repairs to Renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Marquia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Today, we are so excited to have Selena Spooky Boo joining us to read a story. For those of you who don't know her yet, check out her sleepwalking videos on TikTok and listen to her new podcast, The Haunted Estate. Some would say there are two kinds of people. Those who avoid being scared and those who are drawn to terror. These people won't be afraid to venture into an abandoned house or head deep into the woods. But when you go looking for trouble... You might just find yourself amongst hazardous hauntings. First, the favorite child holds mommy's love, followed by signs of death that surround you. Then, creatures from the lake are coming for you. Finally, in our featured story, a killer memory for Halloween. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscaryatsnarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. We've got some new things going on over there. so. Wanna hear something scary? Hazardous hauntings. Sometimes it's best to leave dark family secrets alone, or you could end up making everything devastatingly worse. Like in this story inspired by Voshnavi. Arturo and I stopped being friends last autumn. I remember going to his house His mom would make us delicious cookies. For such a sweet lady, she always seemed to have this vacant look in her eyes, as if there was something only she could see. We always played outside when I went to Arturo's, never inside. I never met anyone besides his mom. I was told his father was very busy with business overseas. Then there was his mysterious little sister, She was described as this sickly little thing with a plethora of birth defects, too delicate to get out of bed, let alone play with us. She was his mom's little doll. And the only time her vacant eyes carried a spark of life was when she mentioned her daughter. Arturo admitted that he was rarely allowed upstairs and had only ever spoken to his sister through the door. She would giggle, and that's all the exchange they'd ever had. Nothing in the house suggested the presence of another child, let alone one so sick. Halloween approached, the one night a year I was allowed to stay out late and I wasn't going to waste it. I'd finally convinced Arturo to sneak around the creepy upstairs of his house. He was hesitant at first. This was a forbidden act and his sister needed her sleep, but after much persuasion, he agreed we snuck up the stairs. It was eerily quiet with the exception of a few creaky steps. At the top stood four doors in a single line, just like a dollhouse. Dust, along with heavy, uncomfortable silence, coated every surface. Tiptoeing further, we opened the first door. It was just a room with an old crib. Boring. We moved along to the next room, Immediately, it was as if a shadow settled over us. My feet wouldn't move. I should have taken the hint. I should have left right then. Sweat beads ran down my back as I opened the door. Inside, Arturo's mom sat on a rocking chair, holding what seemed like a baby as she sang a haunting lullaby. She was so deep in thought that she didn't hear us approach. Never batted an eye, nor stopped singing. As I crept closer, I saw in her arms lay not a human baby, but a baby doll. A doll with dark hair and big blue eyes like Arturo. It lay motionless, yet somehow not lifeless. Somehow, seeming to look at me as I entered the room we stood there, frozen, and then it grinned. His mom just sat there, rocking, caressing the doll's hair. I wanted to get out, pretend I hadn't felt that impossible gaze. I held my breath. Then something in Arturo snapped. He lunged at his mother to tear that thing away from her. My daughter. She looked frantic, feral. Teeth bared, wild hair, manic eyes. It was as if she didn't even recognize her own son anymore. The very much alive and breathing boy in front of her, he pleaded, tried telling her the truth, but she was beyond reasoning. Nothing would have worked. She grabbed a curtain rod looking murderous. My daughter, my baby. She kept chanting over and over again. As Arturo backed up against the wall, I could see his eyes pleading, begging me to help. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to leave, jump out the window. That's when it hit me, the window. Against my better judgment, I snatched the doll from him and instantly regretted it. Its body was too heavy for a toy, yet it felt like plastic. With a scream full of rage, his mom charged towards me, rod in hand. In utter panic, I ran towards the window and threw the monstrosity out. It plummeted somewhere in the darkness. At first, his mom looked stricken, and then she charged again, only this time out the window to follow after her doll, falling like a shooting star. I found out after She had always wanted a little girl, but it wasn't to be. She couldn't bear the thought of it, so she made that little doll, inventing a sister for Arturo. She kept up the charade for years, nobody knew. Could her will have somehow brought it to life? Her husband had already left her long before that. He couldn't deal with the truth. I couldn't believe how my friend had lived in that house for so many years without ever realizing. His mother died that night, broke her neck on impact. The police recovered the doll and buried it with her, along with the tragic story. Arturo and I stopped being friends last autumn, but his sister still visits me. She still blames me for breaking apart her family. Arturo probably does too. Thank you so much, Vushnavi, for sharing this chilling doll tale with us. Listener, ever have the feeling an inanimate doll was looking right at you? That it could see you in all that you do? Do you think a doll like that would cause you harm or was it all just a figment of your imagination?
3: The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's list is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
2: Most of us can chalk up bad dreams to our subconscious trying to make sense of our days. Unfortunately. For a few dreamers out there, those nightmares are actually ominous, inescapable premonitions. Like in this story inspired by Anna. Maria's parents had planned a family road trip through the woods of Virginia where they would stay in a beautiful cabin. The area was known for fishing, hiking, and exquisite wildlife. Maria wanted to go to Hawaii, but her parents had their hearts set on a road trip to Virginia where they could disconnect from their phones and enjoy each other's company. The night before the road trip, Maria had a terrible nightmare. She dreamt that she and her parents were driving through the woods on their way to the cabin. They passed by an old abandoned store with a sign that read, Death awaits you. As they continued driving, Maria suddenly spotted a bloody body laying in the middle of the road. She cried out, alerting her parents, but they couldn't see anything. Once they arrived at the cabin, Maria's mom grabbed a key from under the doormat, but when she tried to open the door, the key broke inside the lock. Her father pushed the door open, and the cabin was covered in blood. Two decomposing and bloated bodies awaited them. Maria screamed and woke up. It was just a nightmare, she thought to herself. That morning, Maria told her parents about her nightmare and how she didn't want to go on the trip. Her parents lovingly shushed her, explaining that the area they were going to was beautiful and safe. There really was nothing to get worked up about, they explained. Three hours into the road trip, Maria was on her second bag of popcorn when she spotted a sign in the distance. As they got close enough to read it, Maria's heart dropped. Death awaits you. It was the same sign from her nightmare. But as they drove past, she saw there was a second line underneath the words. Death awaits you at Chuck's Spooky Hut. Be sure to visit off Highway 72. It was just a billboard still maria had a bad feeling like her nightmare was becoming her reality she closed her eyes trying to calm herself but as she opened them she screamed and pointed to the bloody body in the road her parents were concerned but explained that they saw nothing nothing was on the road she'd imagined it on the verge of a panic attack they calmed maria down by promising to move on to the next leg of their journey first thing in the morning. Moments later, the car pulled up to the cabin and as they headed to the front door, her mother grabbed the key from under the doormat. As she twisted it into the knob, the key broke, just like in Maria's nightmare. Maria was certain that if they opened that door, they would see the dead bodies. Her dad pushed the door open and as he turned on the light, there was... Nothing out of the ordinary. No dead bodies, no bloody floor. Maria was both relieved and confused. Maybe it was all a coincidence? Either way, she was reassured that they would be leaving in the morning. That night, while Maria was sleeping, she was abruptly awakened by the sound of muffled cries from downstairs. As she slowly made her way to the living room, Nausea swept over her. Her mom and dad were kneeling before a hooded figure with a giant scythe, pleading for their lives. The figure said nothing as it sliced through their skin like butter. Their heads rolled across to the bottom of the staircase, their eyes wide open, staring up at their daughter. The reaper slowly turned and looked directly at Maria. She then bolted down the stairs and out of the front door, running as fast as she could through the woods, screaming for help. As she made it to the main road, she saw the lights from a car coming towards her. Relief swept over her as she waved the car down. She was going to be okay. The car sped up, and before Maria could react, it hit her at full force. She could feel her bones breaking as she lay on the cold, concrete ground with blood pouring out of her mouth. The car stopped, and the driver got out. She couldn't see the driver, but she could hear the dragging of metal, feel the air turn cold from their presence. She knew this was the same hooded figure that had killed her parents. She tried to drag her body across the road, but her legs wouldn't work. Her words were barely audible as she croaked. Why? The figure didn't respond, but as she felt its sights slice across her body, Maria knew the answer. You can't escape death. Thank you so much, Anna, for inspiring this Grim Reaper tale for us. How about you, listener? Do you believe that actual death had come for them? Or someone who was putting on the cowl of the Grim Reaper that night? Have you ever noticed obvious signs that other people told you to ignore? What dangerous situations have you been in you know you could have avoided? Tell us about it at snarl.com.
1: You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.
3: today we are so
4: excited to have selena spooky boo joining us to read a story your first crush can leave you giddy and tongue-tied but don't wait too long to tell them how you feel or it could be too late like in this story inspired by ava amara was just about to start her junior year in high school to celebrate the end of summer she and best friend cecily rodrigo and Alma decided to go on a camping trip to West Stone Hollow. She had never been camping before and was hoping that she could muster up enough courage on this trip to tell Rodrigo that she liked him. She had packed two cute outfits and decided that on the second night, she'd find a way to be alone with him and confess her feelings. This would be difficult because every time she was around Rodrigo, Amara would get giddy and tongue-tied. The first night at the campground was magical. They roasted marshmallows, swam in the lake, caught fireflies, and ended the night huddled up watching the stars. By day two, Alma and Cecily had talked Amara into not waiting any longer and telling Rodrigo the truth. That evening, after dinner, the two of them went for a walk by the lake. As Amara was just about to open up about her feelings, Rodrigo noticed a wallet had washed up on the shore of the lake Inside, the driver's license was a young woman. She had dark, curly brown hair, big brown eyes, and was wearing white. Rodrigo went pale and quickly threw the wallet back into the lake. However, the moment to confess her feelings to Rodrigo had passed. That evening, as everyone was sleeping in their tents, Rodrigo woke up to the sound of twigs breaking on the ground. Feeling anxious, he quietly woke his friend's Cecily and Alma reassured him that this was just an animal and they should all get back to sleep. Shortly after, Amara woke to the sound of whispering from outside. A chill ran down her spine and quickly she roused the others. The whole group heard the sound of a female's voice. As Rodrigo unzipped the tent, there stood the woman from inside the wallet. But her skin was translucent. Her white dress was covered in blood she looked at the teens and ran. Before Amara could stop him, Rodrigo ran from the tent and chased the woman. The rest of them had no choice but to follow, trying to make sure no one got hurt. One mile from the campground, they finally caught up to Rodrigo. He was standing in front of a towering stone mansion. The windows were boarded up. The elegant statues that surrounded the house were cracked and crumbling. The property smelled of rotting fish. Rodrigo pointed at the door and motioned for them to follow him. One by one, they each entered the home. As Cecily stepped on the floor, her foot broke a floorboard and twisted. There was an audible crack as the bone broke and she let out a scream. She was struck between the floorboards, begging for help. As her friends tried to pull her out, the woman in the white bloody dress suddenly appeared and with one quick emotion, she sliced Alma's throat. Alma collapsed, bubbles of blood spewing from her neck. She landed directly in front of the still-trapped Cecily, who watched her friend slowly die in front of her. With very little time to think, Rodrigo grabbed Amara and they raced up the stairs. They barricaded the door in the first room they came to. As Rodrigo searched for another exit, Amara knew that they could die at any second, so she grabbed his face and kissed him. For just an instant, they forgot that they were being chased by a psychotic lady of the lake who wanted to kill them. But a blood-curdling scream from Cecily quickly brought them back to reality, followed by an eerie silence. Before they could act, there was a pounding on the door. In panic, Rodrigo grabbed a chair and threw it through the window. He told Amaro that she needed to jump if she wanted to live and that he would be right behind her. But she never got her chance. A pair of cold hands grabbed her from behind and reached for her mouth. She felt a cold blade just as it severed her tongue. Rodrigo watched in horror as the woman in the white bloody dress moved towards him. She stared back at Amara, then kissed Rodrigo, before slashing her knife through his heart. Amara, stricken by what she had witnessed, went into shock and died of blood loss. The last thing she saw was Rodrigo's dead eyes, staring lifeless into the void. Some say that you can still hear the heartbroken cries of Amara through the campground as she desperately searches for her friends and her long-lost love to return. Thank you so much,
2: Selena Spooky Boo, for reading this tale for us. And thank you, Ava, for inspiring such a chilling tale. How do you feel about Rodrigo and Amara abandoning their friend? Would you have done the same? Is there anyone you love so deeply you would die for? When things go wrong, we look for comfort. But when there's no one to turn to, we rely on instinct. Our inner strength that has just been waiting to shine... Join us as we conclude our story of a young vampire hunter named Cena. Terror washed over Cena as the enormity of the situation hit her. She had revealed herself as a vampire hunter to Dylan, an ancient vampire disguised as a teen in her high school. But she had failed to stake that vampire directly through the heart. Despite years of training, she had allowed a treacherous monster to live, roam free, and no doubt, He was already plotting his revenge. Fear lodged in Sina's throat, along with the realization of how much danger she was in and the disappointment it was sure to cause her parents. Somehow, she managed to walk home from the Halloween party at Old Wakefield Cemetery. She was still shaking as she threw herself onto the bed, screaming into the pillow. Exhaustion threatened to take over, but first, she reached for her phone. There were no new messages from her parents. This should have set off alarm bells, but she was just so tired as she typed out a quick text to them. I failed. I'm so sorry. I need you. Are you almost done? C. Instantly, she looked at the screen. No new alerts. It wasn't her cell. It was always on vibrate. So where did that sound come from? her heart rate rose again. This time, it had nothing to do with Dylan, the vampire in the graveyard. Mom, she texted. Her mom's phone was pinging inside the house, somewhere very close by. She froze. This time, it was her cell. The text came from her mom's number. Hello, Sina. Never trust a text. It could be from anyone. By the way, your parents
4: were delicious. Draining them gave me all the strength I needed to come and find
2: you. She took a deep breath and tried to focus. Her life depended on it. She quickly glanced around the room. The closet door was ajar. She always, always kept that shut. She could see the top of her backpack still lying where she had dropped it on the rug beside the bed. The backpack contained several stakes, holy water, salt, and a silver dagger. Cena surged forward and recovered the arsenal, rolling over to the closet, stake now in her hand. The vampire burst out from behind her clothing, fangs bared, snarling and hissing through deadly teeth. It was hard to remember Dylan, who had been so charming in human form but her witnessing him killing that poor homeless guy before the Halloween party had been the final proof she had needed to know the monster behind his dimpled smile. Rage tamped down all her fear and pain. She didn't even notice the flood of tears streaming down her face. With supernatural speed and strength, Dylan threw himself at her, and they wrestled as she tried desperately to maintain her balance. He pinned her arm with the stake between the two of them, away from its intended target. He went to bite her, grazing her neck with razor-sharp fangs. She gave a whimper of defeat. Like most vampires, Dylan enjoyed seeing his victims cower, so he pulled back to witness her defeat, grinning maniacally. But it was all an act. Cena dropped the stake into her unpinned hand and plunged it straight into his fetid heart. This time, it was a direct hit and the ancient beast who had murdered her parents gave a single gasp before its shell of skin turned black with rot and exploded into a cloud of rancid dust. Now, Sina could mourn. Mourn her dear parents' demise, but also be strengthened by the fact that this would be a Halloween she would never forget. Her first Halloween as a true monster hunter. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markeia McCarty, Janine Pipe, and Sarah Lukasiewicz. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams.